Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Dayton, Ohio, it's time for Dayton Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Dayton Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today, we have Peggy Collins with us, and she is with Northwestern Mutual. Welcome, Peggy. Well, thank you so much, Lee. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Northwestern Mutual. How are you serving folks? Um, Well, Northwestern Mutual was originally built as a life insurance company. So we are the top rated insurance company in the the country. Um, And they morphed over the years into a financial services advising company. So when you think about having a financial advisor, most people think of that advisor as someone who handles their investments. Well, we do that, but then we also look at someone's entire plan because some of the things they may be doing on one end of the plan could affect the other. So we really try to look at it in a holistic fashion for folks, kind of get, you know, be a one-stop shop for them. Now, in your practice, do you have a specialty or is anybody kind of a prospective client for you? You know, for for me, um, I love to work with everybody, but where I find my talents um, are really starting to lie and where I enjoy my work the most is when I can work um, with females that are single or females that are in um, a couple relationship to really help kind of educate and inspire them to understand their financial plans. So, um Obviously, don't discriminate against anybody, but really, I find that my best work is done in that sort of segment of the market. Now, why do you think uh, females kind of need help in that area when they meet that those criteria? That's a great question. And, you know, I've read studies. I've talked to people about it. You know, in the industry, I am really a unicorn. There are not that many of us um, that are female that work in financial services at the advisor level. Um, I feel like women are underserved. Um, Males do their thing. We think of things um, maybe even outside of the box of just the straight numbers and become more qualitative in nature. And I think um, as a female learns, as a female looks at what they're doing, Um, they oftentimes forget about themselves. So my focus is really to focus on them um, and try and teach them finance. You know, I've seen and heard different things about why there aren't that many women in STEM, why there aren't that many women in finance. Um, And I want to change that. I want to make people feel comfortable with their financial plan. Now, in our work here, we've had the privilege to work with a lot of women uh, associations that deal with STEM specifically. And I think the rate was like 80% um, kind of male dominated in that, in that as a career choice. Is it those crazy numbers in uh, finance as well? Yeah. So the last numbers that I had recently heard um, in the financial services, in the advising um, portion of the industry, there are about 18% of us that are female across the country. Um, I belong to a great group of women at Northwestern Mutual, and uh, it's empowering to see how many of us there are out there, but we still are are highly outnumbered. Um, so hopefully we'll change that. We're doing some things to hopefully draw more women into the career um, and not be afraid of it. And that's, that's the plan. 
Now, where do you think the problem lies? Is this something that you have to really attack at a young age? Is there a certain point uh, when you were growing up where you were noticing there were less women with you as you were continuing on your education? You know, I don't know that um, my experience was different. Um, I got into the business um, from a from experience as a child. I'm one of 11 kids. Um, My parents were typical. My dad worked. My mom stayed at home. And unfortunately, my dad passed away at a very young age um, in his 50s. And I specifically remember my mother having to learn how to write a check, balance the checkbook, pay the bills, because dad took care of that. Um, because she didn't really understand it. He understood it. So she was just going to let him do it. And I said to myself, I'm not going to be that way. So for me, it was an experience of I needed to feel like I could be independent, which drove me in. Um, But, you know, as one of the only female advisors in my office, um, it's just interesting to watch the dynamic of, you know, how a female plans versus a male planner. Now, when you're kind of working out the plan for a female versus a male, is the female's risk tolerance different or their objectives different than a male's? Um, I would say the risk tolerances aren't different. You might think um, more women are risk adverse. Um, So I don't think that's the difference, but the plan becomes different. Um, As females, we tend to be caretakers. Uh, we tend to worry about other people before ourselves. So getting women to step back and understand that they need to create these plans so that they're empowered um, and really educate them on opportunities that they may not realize that they have in a plan. So, um, again, risk tolerance, you know, I you would think think about that and think, oh, yeah, women would be less you know, they would be more risk adverse, but I don't find that at all. I think women just, they, they just want to understand it in a way that makes sense to them. And it just sounds like the priorities may be more top of mind. They might be different. Yeah, absolutely. It really just becomes, oftentimes it's more about family. Um, It's more about helping family. So tying in the things that they're doing into that realm um, is, is usually the the top of mind thing for a female. Now work me through kind of what does that first meeting look like when you are working with a potential client, whether it's male or female, don't you kind of have to understand how they want their kind of retirement to end, how they want their kind of money to um, serve and affect them as they grow and as they grow a nest egg and as they age? Yeah, absolutely. So In a typical meeting, I call it, um, it's a qualitative and a quantitative meeting. Um, We'll ask them questions about balances, um, information, you know, around, you know, how much are you deferring to your 401k, those sorts of things that they may or may not know. We can gather that later. But really the quantitative items um, and then dissecting it down to what I call timeframes. So looking at what short-term goals they might have, what mid-term goals they might have, and then their long-term goals. Sometimes they don't have any. Um, and sometimes the process is really to kind of walk them through that to get them thinking about it um, and to get them thinking about what does retirement look like? Because for some, most people, it just seems so far off. It's hard to imagine. Um, but my job is to help them imagine that because they could be doing things that will set them up um, 
to be better off in retirement, um, just to get them to think about it. So again, it's, it's segmented out um, and it's intended to be a lot more qualitative than quantitative in nature. Now, what are some of the mistakes you see um, kind of a newer uh, novice investor kind of making? Yeah, I think the big thing is for folks in retirement, and this is across the board, is they just assume that there's one place where they can put money for retirement. Um, you'll, you'll guess 401k and IRA. Sometimes folks don't know about a Roth portion of that. Um, so really, they just think, hey, I'm going to sock this money away, and then I'm going to turn it, um, be able to take money out of it. They don't know that there are other places that they can save those dollars that are um, dependent on what their goals are in the short, midterm, and long term. Um, and also what the tax implications to those decisions right now can be for them in the end. So the goal is to look through all of that in a in a overview, kind of like the forest through the trees model, um, to explain to them that, hey, you have some more options that might help you and benefit you on the back end, um, and even what they're currently doing today. So I think the biggest thing is just really knowing that there's not just one place that they can save their money, there's multiples. Now, if you were giving advice to somebody who wasn't your client but was out there listening, uh, what would be like one thing they could do today, like an actionable step they can do that can really make a big impact down the road? Oh, gosh, that's a loaded question. Um, really, it is that I would I would succinct, succinctly say it this way is that while most people think that ignorance is bliss, it really can be dangerous. So whether or not they... Um, understand finance, they really need to take a stab, sit down, um, and start to understand what they're doing today. So just take that moment. Maybe it's work on their budget. Maybe it's start saving um, at all in any way, shape, or form. But little steps can mean big things later. And if they rip that Band-Aid off now, they're going to be way better off um, than later. Yeah, as soon as they kind of uh look up compounding, then I think they're going to be better <laughs> suited, right? So exactly. You, that's so the, you understand that's how a, that works, then uh, you, you're going to be better and, off. Yeah, and how you can't make up compounding. It magically <laughs> happens. It's a magical mathematical treat, and that the sooner that starts, the better off you are. Now, can you share a story about maybe the impact you've had on somebody? Don't name names or anything, but maybe kind of uh, – tell their story about how they started working with you and then uh, how it, it turned out? Yeah, actually, um, it kind of goes back to that concept or the, the example I gave of people not really understanding the many different places that they can save money. And I had um, a young lady who I was working with who saved tremendously um, and was just socking all of her money away into her traditional 401k, and which was great, right? You know, any sort of savings is great. Um, until we modeled it out for her and showed her, you know, based on the fact that she wasn't a big spender, she was great with her budget. Um, at some point, the IRS was going to tell her, hey, you're not taking out enough money. And hey, we're going to force you to take that money out, required minimum distributions, whether you like it or not. Um, and showed her what that could do to her on the back end, maybe from a tax perspective. Um, and she didn't know that and was enlightened by that. So we were able to 
make some strategic moves um, with where she was putting money, not changing the amount of money she was saving, um, but really just the ability for us to use different vehicles for that, that would mitigate hopefully that risk when she hits retirement. Good stuff. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more about you and your work and your firm, is there a website? Um, We do have a website. Um, In my particular case, they can link the probably the easiest way to link out to it is through northwesternmutual.com. And then you can search for an advisor and you can search for my name. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms as you should um, in LinkedIn, um, on Facebook as well. I find that that's usually the best place for folks to find me um, easily. So they can search Peggy Collins and will find me. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's a, it's a personal mission, and I hope to help many people. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job. Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Dayton Business Radio. Mm-hmm.